Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast. My name is Chris, I am your host and I can confirm we are the podcast that every once in a while makes Jeremy Smith happy. Evening Jazz. Hello. Hello. More on that shortly. Uh, we're also joined as always by Phil. Good evening Phil. Good evening. Hello to you. Uh, not so happy for you this weekend but uh, it is what it is and, and everything that goes in between. Uh, right three games we've picked out for you uh, this week which we'll go into in a second but let's round up the results from the other games not featured this week first of all. So on Friday the 26th of November last Friday to you and me Lance and Angers served up I think uh, I think Phil called it last week um, a game that actually was a bit of a decent watch in the end. A 2-2 draw. Uh, Sofian Buffel's uh, good form continued. He opened the scoring for Angers. Gael Kakuta equalised. Florian Satoka put Lons in front. But Romain Thomas or Thomas, to you and me, got the equaliser with 20 minutes to go and secured a point for Angers who continue to impress. Uh, we have to uh, discuss them in uh, a little bit more depth at some point shortly. Okay, on to the next game, uh, which saw Lille and Nantes draw one all. That was on the Saturday, the first fiction weekend uh, on the Saturday games. Pilarak Yilmaz with the opener, Ludovic Blas with the equaliser for Nantes, who else? And Fabio, of course, it's all red in that particular game. So a decent point that for Nantes, uh, less so for Lille. Uh, nice and uh, Metz. Um, Metz won one nil. We're coming back to that one, don't you worry, dear listener. And similarly on some Etienne and PSG, which ended in a 3-1 win for PSG. We will be back shortly to that one. Uh, also on the Sunday fixtures, we saw Bordeaux-Brest, a 2-1 win for Brest and more problems for Bordeaux. Gregerson had put them in front, but a double from Le Doran, who's uh, hit some decent form himself recently for Brest, got if that was two and five minutes to secure the win uh, for the upwardly mobile Brest. Uh, they certainly turned things around of recent weeks. Uh, Lorient, uh, you know, must we? Okay, fine. Breton Derby, uh, Rich was the happier man as Red won by two goals to nil. Even I can't really deny it was it was deserved, um, unfortunately. Uh, Gaetan Labour, who's Lots of calls for him to uh, represent his country, I've noticed in recent weeks, his good form continuing. And Jeremy Doku, who's done literally nothing all season, decided to turn it on in this game and score the second clinching goal in the 78th minute. So, yeah, not so great at the Moustoir. I think it's the first defeat since February of this year. So it's been a good run, but mm, yeah, it all comes to an end. Monaco Strasbourg also ended in a uh, disappointing Disappointing scoreline for both, I would argue. Uh, we sent Ben Yedda, or we sent Pen Yedda to, uh, to Jez. Uh, got the opener from the penalty spot, of course, in the 45th minute, uh, which was returned in kind by Ludovic de Jork, who also scored from the spot just three minutes into the second half. Penalty apiece, and that's the way it ended. Uh, Ravs got a 1-0 win over Claremont very late on. A Kone goal with, well, it's in stoppage time, was enough to beat Claremont, who are really looking over their shoulders all of a sudden. Montpellier, as we alluded to earlier on. Amen. Uh, say again. Is it Con Conon? Not, oh, Conan. Not Conan. 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 Well, should we go with Conan? Yeah, well, not Con, not Conan. Just... I, oh, did I did I say Conan? Sorry, I, I thought I said Conan. I, I do It was, yeah, it was, and to win it that late as well with such a good goal is is always nice to see. Um, but yeah, rounds upwardly mobile. And uh, Claremont very much not mobile. 
Uh, Montpellier also not very mobile this weekend. They lost mm-hmm. at home to Lyon, a 1-0 mm-hmm. win for the away side. Uh, Lucas Paqueta, I mean, who else, basically, for uh, for Lyon? He seems to be the only man that pops up with the goals, unless it's European games, of course. Uh, he got the winner in that particular game. And finally, Marseille won 3-0. Again, not exactly the most riveting of watches on the Sunday night on repeat viewing. Paul de Rolla with the only goal of the game. Marseille will not care a jot, as at least it got them back to winning ways. And uh, nothing was thrown in this particular game, as far as I can see. So that's got to be a small win for everyone concerned. Uh, let's wind back the clock then. Um, don't worry, Jez, your time is coming. But I'm going to start. Uh, I'm going to start by. Um, talking a little bit about Angers. Um, Phil, um, we kind of, they're a bit under the radar, aren't they? Like, I don't feel like we've given them enough praise, which is why I kind of picked them out this week. And I know it was only only a 2-2 draw at Lons, who particularly uh, particularly good at home generally this season and, and have had a fantastic season. But they are, they're quietly going about their business um, under Batty Clay. And, and we all said, didn't we, when... When the change of management happened and, and the, fin- the curtain finally came down, it, it was always going to be tough. But they're showing anything but, I would argue, and, and they are really overperforming in six in the league. What do you kind of make of their transition? Well, I think, like you said, they were kind of quietly going about their business. And coming into this game in particular, obviously Lance had kind of drawn attention to themselves by being second uh, earlier in the season. Um, and Angers were just not that flowery. And so this was an interesting game between uh, two teams that were very close to each other. And Angers now made themselves closer by, by doing this. So it was, this was the one where you felt it was a... European clash who's gonna you know solidify one of those top six places top five places to to make it into Europe and it was very interesting that I think possibly this as as a draw you'd think well Lance are at home but still there was always going to be something that uh, kind of started to drop about their form. Obviously, they lost their last match. And Angers coming into this on a very good run of form. It was an interesting start to the weekend. But, yeah, Bouchard and Thomas with the goals for them, they aren't as prolific as many of the teams around them, but they are still keeping a very good defensive line and that's helping them up there. So they're sixth. They're level on points with Lyon, but they are doing what they need to do. And that's a, a very impressive thing from them. But also Lance. You're going to have ups and downs in a season. They're still fifth. They're still high up the table, higher than many of us would have expected. And so this was uh, a result for both of them that meant that they stay in and around uh, where they were aiming for. 
Yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah, it's fair to say that um, we shouldn't sort of underplay Lance's um, season is still very, very good. But um, Jez, what do you make post Mulan era of, of Angers? Because just I wouldn't call them unfashionable. I think that's harsh. But I think if we, I think if we said pre-season, you know, one of the teams that might struggle would be Angers, just given the fact that it's such a massive change from a such an iconic manager for or coach for such a long period of time to switch over into a new era. Have you been quite impressed with them? And, and if so, what's caught your eye? Yeah, I've been extremely impressed. I think <laughs> they were definitely one of my favourites to go down just because I think in the sort of going back a bit, but I just, I felt that there was a lot of the sort of Charlton athletics about it, sort of, mm-hmm. you know, very much synonymous with one manager and the concern that once that manager left, everything would fall apart, particularly because there was quite a lot of goings-on behind the scenes, which wasn't all pleasant either, with kind of change of director of football and a very controversial president. And, you know, even recently, the sort of um, appointment of a controversial communications director who left after a month or so. Not everything behind the scenes is is, uh, particularly tasteful, but on the pitch, not only have they sort of, you know, done more than maintain um, the form uh, under Moulin, but they've they're they're also doing it actually. To be fair, and with a much more entertaining brand of football, I think I don't think it'd be unfair to say that most of the time under Moulin it was it was not turgid, but it was certainly sort of based functional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pragmatic. Hmm. Uh, yeah, good word. It was very much based on um, a strong defense. And usually sort of felt like each year there was a kind of marquee player who who kind of did the business at the other end, like a Diedu or a Pepe or a Toko Ekambi or whatever. Um, but this year it seems that there's maybe a little bit more of a sort of team effort and they're playing some fantastic football. And you look at the, the sort of the forward players in particular, Fulgini, who I think has always been a, a favourite of ours, and I'm still surprised. I'm surprised that he's still there. Um, Buffal, who you mentioned earlier, who obviously looked a talent when he first sprung on the scene, did very little when he moved to England, but um, now seems to be recapturing some of his best form. Mohamed Cho, who um, looks a real talent and is going to be sort of... <laughs> Later on, I'm sure we'll talk about Etienne Green, but another player who could pick France or England among other nations as well. And I think um, hopefully France are ahead now because I think he's played for the under-21s. But, um, you know, he looks he looks a real talent. And among them, um, there was also, I feel bad, I forget his name. It will come to me as I procrastinate or try to buy time while I look him up. But um, you, another thinking- forward player was added to the mix in Unai and certainly like you look at the the first goal um it was a really beautiful combination between the front three or four and a lovely little chipped finish from from Buffal um so they're playing great football you've also got I think they've changed their system and now they've got three at the back and um a player like Jimmy Cabot for example is converted from a sort of out and out winger to a to a wing back which seems to be quite fashionable with a few teams now, but he's doing a great job at it. You've got the old warhorse in Mongoni, who's you know part of that famous France 1987 generation with your Benzemas and your Menezes and Nasri's and stuff, and you know obviously not as much of a headline maker 
either in terms of his football or his other shenanigans. <laughs> and maybe, who knows, maybe we'll get a chance to speak about Benzema later. But um, uh, yeah, just a really impressive team effort at the moment. Um, not forgetting the three at the back, Mosso, Traore and Toma, who are just continuing where they, you know, what they've been doing the last few years. And I know that um, Thomas, a friend of the site, who, who um, is a big Angers fan, he was raving as well about Petkovic and saying that Ben Ardoni might have a real job trying to get back into the first team and goal as well. So, um, I, yeah, I think what Batikla has done has been fantastic. It's I certainly didn't expect them to be able to even maintain what Moulin had achieved, let alone bypass it, both in terms of so far results, but also the the style and quality of the football played. That's that's what that's what's caught my <clears throat> excuse me. That's what's caught my attention um, in terms of the uh, sort of the transition. I think it is that style as well. It, it, it'd be very, well, wouldn't be very easy. That's wrong, but it would be very hard to um, be very very. I'm trying to find a better word than easy. It would be kind of normal for a coach to come in and try and replicate what a previous coach has done, but to come in and actually take them on a step, I think it's far harder. C1, Jake, or Vanek, Leo, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, very, very impressed. And I did want to give them some love. Um, Jez, you have to stay, you have to stay patient because we're going to do PSG next. And then I promise, I promise we'll give you some time on this. Um, Phil, can we give you uh, St. Etienne 1, PSG 3 to start with? Um, yeah, it was it was snowy, it was cold. St. Etienne had their I, I was watching and then... this and just felt chilled to the bone watching. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it was by count there on the pitch, but yeah, this was I think this was a game that I don't know if you know how it works on the TV situation over here, but Canal Plus gets to pick the big games. And they picked this one as a big game because in previous years in history, Saint-Étienne PSG is a big game. Obviously, Saint-Étienne at the moment, not doing so well, um, but they still got it. But this game was actually a big game, and I felt very sorry for Santetti and the way it turned out. Um, now, PSG had the ball in the net inside five minutes, which would probably make you nervous if you were a Saint-Étienne fan, but that was ruled out for offside. Um, Etienne Green had an awesome game, particularly the first half. He had uh, saved from feet from Kylian Mbappe, got a hand to another wonderful break. He was doing his utmost. And so were the rest of Saint-Étienne. And um, it was Boanga who opened scoring in the 23rd minute with He pounced on a rebound that Kazri had done brilliant work in the build-up, passed out to Collier Jack, who'd seen his shot saved, and the rebound went to Boanga, and he scored. And as several people on my timeline said, Ramos, making his PSG debut, really could have done better there. The amount of... Um, Saint-Étienne players who were kind of 
up there and beyond the PSG defenders such that it ended up being a VAR situation to uh, work out whether they were offside or not. It's like, you should not be letting that many people get level or past you. Mm. Seriously, it looked very bad, but obviously his partner in central defence, Marquinhos, got um, a double. Yeah, he was very good once again. And both very good, very good headers from free kicks, but it was just before um, half-time that college was sent off. I wasn't convinced by that. I have to say. Well, no, when he was a bad tackle, but if it's supposed to be your, uh, he was sent off for denying a clear goal scoring opportunity, uh, Nade was covering. There was another defender there. I don't know if he's getting there, though. And I think, like, it was was the lift of the leg. Two of them. Yeah, but this is Mbappe. I mean, I think this this is where this rule is. But he was ahead of Mbappe. I'm I'm with Phil. I think it should have been a booking. Do you think? I I wonder if. Do you know? What I wonder. Had he have just had he have just clattered him, um, would he have got? You well, know, the thing a, is, a strong he yellow? got the ball. I know that's not relevant, but he did. He didn't just clatter him. No, he got the ball and he took Mbappe down with his trailing leg. But that. But what what I mean is, with when he gets the ball, it's that. It. I wonder if the referee is slightly. Uh, influenced by the fact that he clearly raises that training leg. It's not like he just catches him and the follow through. He clearly raises that leg and you watch his eyes and the tackle. He knows, exactly. he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not saying. There was another like, defender covering it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm pro that argument. I just, I can just see, I could just so have seen the argument the other way. This know? is what all of uh, French TV was calling the double penalty uh, because. Kolodzic hasn't made it back to the dressing room by the time the free kick goes in and Marquinhos gets the equal. Perfect storm almost. It was very much, you've been hit twice. Yeah. And um, Di Maria got second for PSG because Santos had to play the entire second half down to 10 men. And then Marquinhos got uh, the third in the last minute. What confused me slightly was apparently Messi got hat-trick of assists. Yeah. I was kind of, I had to check he was playing. (laughs) It's it's very much all, well, I say that's all he did. He did also lift, he did also miss a a fairly decent chance by his standards, I I would say, but... Yeah, um, it was it was a weird situation, but yeah, Sergio Ramos looked massively just confused by the situation he was in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Etienne Green was fabulous, and I felt very sorry for Santa Etienne because I think they were done a bit of a harsh, and they might have got something out of this had that not happened. Mm. Yeah, so. yeah, I think that's yeah, I think that's a fair it's a fair argument. <clears throat> and uh 
sorry to, to give you the, the the crumbs here, Jez, but I, I just want to sort of get your thoughts on on you know the current sort of state of, of PSG. I, I mean, it's another game where I think I think they deserve to win the game. Don't get me wrong; I think they were the better side. And as Phil said, once Kolarovic had, had gone off, there was only really one winner, and, and the St. Etienne could get anything. It was to hold on to that early lead. But an in, interesting tactical shift from Pochettino to play. Uh, three wasn't enough, so he decided to play Di Maria as well. Play all four of them, why not? Um, would and it be yet? Marquinhos is mm, a centre back and he was on with the brace. Well, yeah, yeah, says it all, doesn't it? Yeah, you got all that attacking talent, he scored with two set pieces and a knockdown. But, um, would it be fair to say, Jez, that they can get away with this in, in Liga away at St. Etienne, but when the chips are down and we all know we're talking Europe here? It's just not going to cut it, is it? And, and without that front three actually functioning, and at time of recording, I believe Neymar's out for six to eight weeks with a an ankle sprain, which I, I find a little hard to swallow, having done that a number of times in my childhood. But still, is it fair to say that two of those four have to go if they're going to go deep in, in European competition? Uh, I'm, I'm not to defend Neymar, but um, I think his form has really improved the last three yeah, four fair. weeks yeah. and uh i i think it was a proper bad injury i don't it, think it was a, a poor tackle yeah i agree yeah I'm yeah I, mean, I don't think it was a nasty foul or anything i mean it's just slightly unfortunate <laughs> that that's you know that's the way he landed or went over on the ankle i'm not i you know i've already had and i know i usually partake in that but i've already had a couple of our well, you know it's his sister's birthday coming up tweets um yeah i think Six actually, is, well, yeah, I thought six to eight weeks actually doesn't seem too bad. I thought it, it looked like it could have been worse than that. So yeah. I do feel sorry a little bit for Neymar because I think he was just coming into form. And I think possibly in the last couple of weeks, there have been a couple of positive signs that they're still not, they're definitely still not convincing, but there are signs of improvement and a little bit more of a team ethic to, to the way PSG have been playing. And arguably, if you're thinking of Ramos as a first-teamer, yesterday was maybe as close as we've come yet all season, to be fair, to, to a first-team. I know Verratti still wasn't there, but um, you know, Bernat and left-back, Ramos into the centre with, with Marquinhos. Um, it, you know, post. Pochettino might turn around and say, look, I've never even been able to play with my first choice 11. My, my issues are, first of all, Pochettino's first choice 11, I think is completely irrelevant. Yeah. I don't, it's not, it's not his team, that front four, as long as they're fit, I think are always going to have to play, even if it um, buggers the balance of the team. And then going back to your question about good enough for league out, but not Champions League, I think, you know, it's not so much this match you need to be looking at, but the Man City match. And that, I think, sort of encapsulated where PSG are at. You know, they were they were pretty much outplayed in the first half. They they took the lead through one of their stars who can make something out of nothing. But then ultimately, the, the better team beat them. It, that's not always going to happen. You know, probably Leipzig deserved to win both matches against them and only ended up with, with one point out of six. Um, but obviously City are, are cut above Leipzig. And, and I think that's where PSG's problems still lie. That, um, you know, I feel, 
you know, I'm going to have to shower after this, admitting that I agree with Jamie Carragher about something. But um, <laughs> he, he, he is right that if you're going to play with Messi and Mbappe and Neymar, none of whom can really generally be bothered. I think it says a lot that arguably Neymar is the most does the biggest defensive shift of the three, but the fact that then they don't necessarily do their their defensive work and Messi I shouldn't, but kind of gets a free pass, I think, because he's Messi and because of his age and stuff. Um, it it leaves a lot of problems for the rest of the team. And you know we all in we have all enjoyed criticizing PSG's issues at, at fullback for example but sometimes the fullbacks are exposed because they're not getting enough support from the players in front of them and there's only so much they can do and they're constantly two against one um so yeah i still think there's a big issue in terms of um the balance of the team and i still think they will be found out unless as we saw in the first city match um you know for at least 90 minutes um the 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 team do manage to all pull together. Um, the front three make the defensive effort as well as the forward effort. And then we know that the front three or four do have that bit of magic in them. But I still think over two legs, I still think there's a few better teams than them in the competition. Yeah. And I know it's the same drum that I've been banging for a long time. I still think scratch the surface and especially in midfield, it's not, not, not just that it's not a Champions League winning midfield if Ferrati's not there. Uh, and I wouldn't even go to say it's a Champions League contender midfield. No, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think it, if you, if for, for me, I, I know, and again, I know we've said this before a hundred times and, you know, sort of repeat myself a little bit, but why not? Without Ferrati, they're, they're just, they're, I genuinely think they're half the side. Like they, he's just so key to everything they do. I'd say um, it's not that they're half the side, it's that they're two sides. They're completely split. <laughs> there's a defence and an attack and there's nothing to join the two together. Yeah, there's no glue in, in the in the workings of the, the model, as, as it were. Yeah, no, I, I do agree. And, you know, I, I think despite all the flat PSG take and, you know, some of it rightly so, I, I get it. I think we all agree we, we would like to see them do well because we would ultimately like to see a French club do well in Europe, which is something I'm consistently getting bashed for on social media platforms and i do enjoy it because people just can't seem to separate the two anyway um let's move on then. Fair, we're having a great season so far well yeah absolutely yeah somebody put a stat out didn't they about the success of french teams in the last uh the last period of time I forget who it was but yeah um anywho let's um before we come on to the european matter which phil's going to take care of uh, it's only fair of us to give your boys some love jazz um I think, would it be fair to say slightly unexpected victory? A 1-0 win for Mets away at Nice. Uh, a little bit of digging in to do, but I thought they were pretty well worth it in the end. St. Tom's with yet another goal. And yeah, all round, can't really, can't really sniff at that, can you? How did you, how did you see it and were you watching behind the sofa at the end? Uh, yeah, it was, it was tense at the end. I think first half was sort of more of a match in the second half mess are like right we've got the lead we're going to do all we can to defend it and to be fair there were a couple of moments Delors should have scored in the first half at the end of the first half and Schneiderlin missed a couple of decent chances Delors again with a header a little bit wide but generally I thought Mess gave a, a really good account of themselves and 
the goals, I mean, maybe it says a lot and it explains where where Mess are in the table that their top got top scorer this season is their right back, but um and not a penalty taker. But um it was a really nicely worked goal. It was a proper decent team goal um and you know quality finish. Um and then the 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 defense and the midfield and the attack, like the Preville, for example, going back to what you said about PSG, the the attack were very much implicated in in making it a team effort to to preserve that lead. And certainly the the frustration for Mess fans has been, you know, we pulled out this performance at Nice. We we were robbed against PSG. You know, even the four nil nil against Marseille, the four one against Lens was a, a travesty. Um, but we couldn't beat Clermont. We couldn't beat. Um, we lost to Troyes. You know, matches like that. And I think certain players' attitudes, including Santons, even in recent weeks, and Saar, who obviously is on his way to Spurs, and you wonder if he's already got half a mind there. Um, certain players' attitudes has, have not been great of late, um, and I think fans just want to see the same kind of. Um, positive attitude against all teams and not just against the big teams. And there should be, if that happens, and if we stop getting ourselves sent off every five minutes, um, there should be enough quality to stay up. It's just annoying that off the back of last year, we're not sort of pushing on. Instead, we're, we're fighting a relegation battle. But hopefully, I spoke last week about the fact that we were three matches unbeaten, but they were three draws and two of them were against Saint-Etienne and Bordeaux, so actually not that great in practice. Um, but three draws and then a win at Nice suddenly looks a lot better, and that's four matches unbeaten. I think we've got Montpellier next, which isn't easy. Um, but if they can finish the year well, as I said last last week, it's, it's still quite concertinaed at the bottom there. So although Mess were adrift, now they're right back in it even though still second bottom, only on goal difference as well. Um, a couple of, of positive results going into Christmas and and hopefully things will look a little bit better and they can maybe bring in the new year looking a little bit upwards rather than downwards. Yeah. yeah and the, the France draw has just been made and they're away to Bergerac. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. It always does. It always does. Oh, Rennes as well. Yeah, I uh, don't. Yeah, don't. Just, just don't. All right, it's been hard enough, and then you do that. You know, Look, I'm about to piss on ships a bit as well, Chris, because when we look at the bottom six teams, oh, must we? Um, Longuyant and Clermont are on a terrible run. run of form. Yep. Also, Troyes. So. Yep. I think Mets, as I said, yeah, having pulled themselves together a bit, mm. they're not that far off now. And you've got some teams above them who are looking fucking shocking. So the, the, the thing that concerns me, and I'm sure it also concerns Bordeaux fans and Trois fans and probably Claremont fans, um, are that that it's all constantina even more all of a sudden. There was a, a little bit of a gap well, and that's Bordeaux now shut down. Bordeaux on as bad a run as five losses out of five for Clermont. No, I mean, their goals have dried up big time haven't they? And, they, and their fortress at home is not the same. And, and you know, similar could be said of Laura. I, the, the one thing I would say, 
um, very briefly on on their own, having watched pretty much every game this season, is that they are creating chances. They're just not taking them at the moment, and that's the that's the concern. I think that if you look at that squad, there's there's more than enough. Yeah, you are the lowest scoring team in the league, exactly with twelve. 13 goals, you know, and yet 23 conceded, you know, which is, you look at the team. Equal with Troyes. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I think I think there's enough for Lorion to get on a decent run, either pre or post Christmas and, and get themselves out of that. They have to start putting the ball in the back of. Yes. Oh, and, and the other thing they also have, <clears throat> excuse me, is, is being a quite a well-run club, I suspect. There may be a little bit of movement in the winter, both in and out. So there may be potential to to get a few fresh faces in. Uh, probably with your goalkeeper actually holding the ball as well. Yeah, although he has been <laughs> brilliant this year, Nadia. I, I won't have a bad word against him because he did have a really poor season last season. This season he's been fantastic. But yeah, he um, he did have one there, to be fair. But um, Bordeaux, again, another big club that, that need to start getting themselves sorted out and moving upwardly from the bottom of the table. Um, just before we do cross over into a quick uh, round roundup of the European games, which Phil's going to look after for us. We'll just run down the table. Uh, PSG are indeed uh, top and clear 40 points from their 15 games played. So they are just the 12 points clear of Ren in second. Yes, that's Ren in second. 28 points clear from Nice, having lost, of course, at the weekend. Nice, they are third now on 26 points. Level with Marseille, who also have 26. But don't forget, Marseille do have that game against Lyon in hand, in inverted commas. Uh, 26 points for them. Lons dropped to fifth, 25 points. With the previously mentioned Angers and Lyon sharing sixth and seventh spot, or sixth spot, whichever you prefer, 22 points. Strasbourg, Monaco, similarly, 20 points each for them. And Nantes round off the top 10, and they've, they've stabilised quite nicely this season so far, has to be said. Montpellier, 11th with Brest, uh, upwardly mobile, four straight wins for them now, then to 12th. Uh, Lille, yes, that's Champions Lille. 13th, 18 points, not a fun time for uh, Monsieur Gibney's men. Uh, Lille are just above Rams, who are also upwardly mobile with their uh, unbeaten run of three games now, 14th place. And as we mentioned there, Lorient and Pordeaux and Trois all falling 15th, 16th and 17th. Uh, Lorient just about clear 15 points, but Bordeaux and Trois have 13, as do Clermont, who, as Phil mentioned, five straight losses now, not good for the promoted side. And uh, with Metz's win at the weekend, they're up to 12 points and uh, off the bottom. St Etienne back to the bottom, despite having had a four-game unbeaten run that came to an end against PSG. So that's where we are in the table. Um, Phil, yeah, European, um, we just want to sort of give Ooh. a nod. We've already done PSG, but a few teams are... Are qualified now and um, and having well, some that's the thing because we've just had the fifth round of the various competitions and we've got four French teams qualified to stay in their competition, which is cool. Um, so, but the most interesting thing I think we discussed this uh, last week is um, Lille. Our top of their group, having beaten uh, Red Bull Salzburg uh, in the last round, 1-0. But that group is so tight. It's Lille 8, Salzburg 7, Sevilla 6, Wolfsburg 5. So anything could happen on the final day, which is brilliant. Lille are fortunately playing Wolfsburg, who are 
currently bottom of the group. Not very good. But, oh, that is a really exciting group because it's not kind of, you know, by the book, et cetera, et cetera. And what was um, really interesting watching that game on Tuesday against Salzburg, Timothy Weyer rinsing people on the wing. And uh, the goal, the winner came from Jonathan David. uh, Obviously, good, good fun in Canada. So Team Jonathan are still making it happen. But yeah, Weyer was really impressive. Um, Kind of... uh, rinsing people on that front and then we saw obviously PSG who are in qualified marvellous in second place yeah and given how the whole draw will work that could be a bit of a problem I mean they they went ahead through Kylian Mbappe and then the shape kind of collapsed Obviously, nobody tracks back, and then Sterling and uh, Gabriel Jesus got the goals for City. Again, this is going to be interesting, but PSG seem to have kind of shot themselves in the foot again, Mm. possibly, on this one. Um, Moving on to the Europa League, uh, Lyon uh, are top will stay top, having beaten Bromby 3-1, sorry. Um, Monaco are almost certainly going to finish top after beating Real Sociedad uh, 2-1 because they're playing Sturm Graz in the last game. I'm not sure PSV would be able to overtake them. Um so our problem is Marseille. <laughs> yes. Now, uh, as I was saying, Marseille, it's like if you want to go to a place, top of the list of places where you're fed up of having stuff chucked at you, Galatasaray away, <laughs> problematic. So they lost 4-2 <laughs> at Galatasaray in what sounds like an absolutely chaotic game. And that means OMR out of the Europa qualifying. They might still make it to the Europa Conference thingy. League. Yeah, their, their level. We've seemingly. talked about. Uh, because they will be playing Locomotive Moscow, the lowest ranked team. So they should stay third and I. It's very confusing, but yeah, but yeah, so basically Marseille are the slight embarrassment, whereas um, Rennes, uh, who are already in the Europa thingy, what's it, uh, drew 3-3 against Vitesse with a hat-trick from Gaetan Laborde, which may uh, take us back to what was said earlier about Gaetan Laborde. So we've got a lot of, we've got four definitely qualified to stay in their in their uh, competitions. Lille 
is really the group where everyone's going to be going, watching that because it's so close. And Marseille is unfortunately unfortunate. Mm. Yeah, so I would agree. And you know, effectively, every team still could be qualified for the knockout stages, even though Marseille is sort of a step down. Yeah. But hopefully Monaco and, and Lille finish the job and, and uh, that's a really impressive. Yeah, I agree. Especially given the groups they were they were drawn in. And and even wow. even Marseille going into the conference. Ren, league, I mean, come on. Oh, Ren have been outstanding. I mean, that's that's there's no denial. You that, don't have a great degree of respect for one of their group mates, but um, oh well that, that little team from Middlesex, yeah, they're they yeah, nothing. No, they're, they're not already any on any uh specific um uh, what's the word? Obstacle to overcome, are they? But you know, well done to Ren. But no, it's really good, really good performance from Ren. And and I, and I think I, I do wonder if if Marseille were to get into the Europa Conference League and maybe go deep into that. I'm not saying it would be a success because we all know that tournament is a little bit pony. But um, maybe that's the level that currently they're at. You know, in the nicest possible way, European wise, maybe that is the level they they need to be need to be focusing on. I guess we will see. Um, but yeah, that Galatasaray defeat, not good. And I think there was more uh, crowd issue in that particular game as well. Not that that's the same as the league and issues, but still not ideal to be highlighting such things. Um, very briefly, Jez, did you want to mention a certain Real Madrid centre forward before I look at the fixtures to come this week? I, I think I said last week that France maybe now playing the close to the football that a lot of the rest of the world have been um, begging them to play, but they're also a team that chucks Giroud out of the squad completely unceremoniously after everything he's achieved or done for the team and has relegated Griezmann to the third most um you know, an afterthought basically compared to the other two strikers is for me a team that's lost a lot of its heart and is a lot less likeable. Mm-hmm. Um, we now know that, well, subject to appeal, Benzema has been, um, uh, I don't know the right phrase. Found guilty? Convicted, yeah. yeah, found guilty of um, conspiring to blackmail a teammate. Um what I find astonishing, I know that Deschamps very cleverly the whole way through said Benzema's being left out for sporting reasons. And I know that we've always said that there is an argument, um, especially borne out by the World Cup win, to say that um, that, that is a reasonable um, thing to, to say. But I think realistically, we all know that it wasn't about sporting reasons it was about all the rest of it and fine he's back in the team now but to me it's absolutely astonishing that Noah like practically before the the um the judicial decision was made of saying no it affects nothing Benzema is still um selectioner still still able to be picked for the France team um and to me just it's sort of another step forward from what I said last week. I just think it makes the team even less likeable. I think it makes the team a bit more hypocritical. I think, 
I don't like the fact that it's kind of being overlooked just because now he's actually performing and performing well for France. I don't think it should be based on that. Um, as but someone said, is, also the is... whole time, the one victim that's been completely forgotten about is Valbuena, yeah. who I know is a sort of, is a character, is a player who's always sort of divided opinion um, in, because of his character. But the fact is that he always did a decent job for France. And whether whether he did a decent job for France or not, he was. He also lost out on Euro 2016, also arguably lost out on, well, on 2018. Um, and was, you know, it turns out he is the victim of the attempted blackmail, but also the real victim here is in that he's never got back into the France team and also missed out on, on a lot of success and a lot of joy and pride and all the rest of it through absolutely no fault of his own. And the person who conspired to, to blackmail him and at worst, you know, sat back and did nothing while his dodgy mates did, did the nastier stuff... Um, gets back in the team with all the glory and all the plaudits. And I just, yeah, it, it leaves an extremely, extremely bad taste in the mouth. For yeah. me, I know obviously there's other, you know, Benzema fanboys who never hear a word against him and will, but, you know, will try I mean, weekly to argue that it's only about the football, but I don't think it should be. My, my point is I agree entirely with Jeremy. Um, this should have an impact. Um, Lucas Hernandez has uh, been given a six-month prison term suspended for breaking the restraining order about domestic violence. Kingsley Coleman has uh, got a suspended sentence in Germany for domestic violence. Benz, Benzema isn't the only one who is problematic in this France team. And I think that's something that should be borne in mind. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And like I think like you both said there, it's it's not that we don't want to see, you know, the best players playing for France. Of course we do, but there's a there's a sort I of I don't care how good they are if they have been found guilty of yeah. it, domestic it's, violence or blackmailing a teammate. It's, it's this common it becomes denominator. irrelevant, then they should not be in the team. It's, it's this common denominator, isn't it? That if you have money, you can basically do what you want. And, and I agree that that's not no, right. It doesn't matter about money. If you're good enough, somebody will support you because they need you to be there to bail them out well, depends on this team doing well it's just doesn't it's taste good cool it's no. my point no 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 i, I think no. i think i think you both i think you both i think it's good it's very much not just a French problem as well i mean look yeah. at harry maguire and how oh, everyone's completely forgotten about him but... ronaldo yeah of course yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and Nobody's forgotten about that. And that and that one in particular makes me sick, just purely because if you read the transcript, for me, there's just allegedly no debate in his in his guilt. Personally, that's just my opinion, and I stand by it. But yeah, it, I, there are certain things. Um, but there are. I mean, you look at the Quincy Promise situation in in Russia with what happened with him and the 
uh, sort of alleged stabbing of a family member. And I mean, there's just so much that goes on. Uh, and not just in football, as we said, across various sports. But yeah, it does it does seem that there is one rule for high profile celebrities and sports people, and and another rule for people at um, domestic level. But uh, anyway, um, I I mean, this is a really really controversial thing to say. I'm not, I'm absolutely not, obviously minimising domestic violence or anything like that. But from a purely football context. In a way, blackmailing a teammate as a purely football thing should mm. be sort of more punishable. I, I'm not wording that well, but I know, I know, I know what you mean. mean. It's you have to be a team player to play in a team. Yeah, you rely yeah. on others to get your own um, success. On the whereas picture. domestic violence is more. You're a fucking horrible human being. You, yeah, you're a horrible individual. So yeah, yeah. That, yeah. No, I, 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 I do understand that's... the difference, but I would say all of them should be out. Yeah, yeah. Because either way, fuck. it's not good. It's not good. Look, whatever way you look at it, no. No, I no, I, I take the point, Jez. I, I do, and, and I think you worded it just as well as you could. To be fair, so no, no criticism here. Um. Okay, let's um, let's draw a line under this week's pod then, just by looking ahead to uh, the next round of matches. I think we've got midweek. Midweek. Yes, I was going to say we've got midweek, and I think have we got three more rounds before Christmas. I think we have. I'm going to go with three. Um, but we, yeah, we got a full Wednesday. I think all the games are on Wednesday. Everything's on Wednesday. Everything's it's going to be chaos. There's five at hour seven o'clock and five at nine o'clock. Yeah, we've got Angers hosting Monaco, which might be decent. Um, this, these are the 6pm UK kickoffs. We've got Brest against St Etienne, uh, Metz Montpellier, Strasbourg Bordeaux and Trois Lorient. Uh, some interesting ties there for various reasons. And then on the 8 o'clock game, you've got Clermont hosting Lens, uh, Lyon hosting Rams, uh, Nantes Marseille, PSG Nice, and ran against Lille again. So I think PSG there. Nice is the one we're going to be. Hey, I quite like the look of uh, Ren Lille as well. So I might mm. go double screen there. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll see. And in the earlier games, I mean, um, Toile Orion is suddenly very big, um, as arguably would be. Uh, um, Mats Montpellier, as you said earlier on, just Mats to try and get another win would get them higher up. And on Monaco could be a tasty affair just for entertainment value. With Mats, um, there is also the spectre. I know I said about hopefully being able to kind of look upwards into the new year, but that's um, forgetting about the African Cup of Nations, which basically pretty <laughs> which much the whole of Mats's first team are African internationals. So yeah. This is not 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 ideal, is it? In that situation, um, supporting the club, I do. We have similar issues, but not quite to the levels that Mets have in terms of uh, player availability. So, yeah, um, okay, yeah, I, I do think that will probably be. Uh, should we should we look ahead further to the, the following weekend? Have we got um, we haven't got Coupe de France, have we? We have got a midweek, a no, midweek Coupe and a weekend programme. No, was this weekend. Uh, John Mainland was off in the cold to see Trelisac versus Toulouse. Hiding in the bushes. Let's not, let's not uh, do any spoilers. We should have a report up uh, in the next week or so on that. 
Yes, excellent. Okay. Um, what we'll do then is just, we'll, we'll just very briefly, I'll just literally run down the weekend's fixtures. Uh, we won't preview them as such, but after the midweek round, you've got Marseille, Brest, uh, you've got Lille, Trois, Rennes, PSG, and Sunday you've got Lost Etienne. PSG. Uh, sorry, lost PSG. Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong bloody badge. Uh, Ren are playing St Etienne away from home on Sunday. You and the BBC. Uh, yes. Um, They're um, still using the RAS badge for Ren. They are on, BT, on Europa. Yeah, I was going to say BT Sport. Because and Rich continues to call them out, so they're obviously not checking the social Seriously, he's put in complaints and. They, they don't care. And listened. They don't care. It's the same reason we get Jonathan Pierce wanging on about the Premier League for twenty minutes during every game on a Sunday evening. It's the same crap every week. Anyway. It's the same reason that Messi's goal scorer this weekend was Sentonza. Oh, oh yes, Sentonza. Mm. Yeah, like a substitute coming on like that. Yeah, great. Anyway, um, also Monaco Mets, Montpellier, Clermont, uh, Reims, Angers, Nice, Strasbourg and Bordeaux against Lyon, which might be a tasty little affair to round off the Sunday evening. So there you go. You've got a whole week of French football to watch. Um, if you aren't Premier League-centric and have an Amazon subscription, that is, I believe quite a few of these midweek games and indeed the weekend games are available on the aforementioned uh, mute BT Sport, as I shall now refer to them as, and ESPN, I think, in the UK as well. So you'll be able to catch some of those games should you choose to do so. Uh, we will have plenty to talk about out then next week where we have two rounds to run through as you probably imagine we will probably skip through the midweek games a little bit quickly um, in the interest of time but we will cover all the results as always um, but until then that is where we should leave it for this week so uh, many thanks to you phil thank you and many thanks to you jez well done again thank you more wins please we'd like you to stay below us thank you kindly uh, until next week uh, enjoy your double dose of french football and we will speak to you very soon